Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my wife, Janet, and we are streaming live from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Studio. We are going to talk about the subject matter, Lies My Doctor Told Me. And let's just talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, um, in the traditional medical system, it seems that a lot of times bad information is given to um, patients uh, and, you know, most doctors are not educated on how well, you know, lifestyle is, at least they don't talk, talk to patients about it, about how lifestyle can affect so many different disease states. So like diabetes, like high blood pressure, like high cholesterol. And Dr. Ken Berry has a story much like mine, and that story is, um, you know, of a story of us as healthcare professionals being overweight and, you know, maybe trying to preach to our patients about losing weight, possibly not, but us not being good role models and us having many health problems because of it. Um, and instead of going down the road of taking medications, uh, whether it be for high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol. Um, you know, I, like Dr. Barry, um, decided to make changes, and that was to change our lifestyle. And then it really affected our patients. So um, we do have some questions to answer from people that have had some questions online. And um, Janet, what do you have to um, talk about about this? Well, sometimes... Um... I mean, just saying lies may not be the whole story um, because I think we have gotten to a place where healthcare professionals are not given the time in their workplace or the um, assumption is, is that people will not make those changes or uh, again, that it's too hard to teach people. So I think there's some myths that have really kind of came around um, this whole idea. And some of it too is commercialism in our society that we are looking for quick fixes. But I truly believe there are many patients who if we're given the chance, are willing, are capable, and can make changes in their lifestyle so they don't have to live taking pharmaceuticals that can actually take care of their body in a natural uh, approach. Now, I I'm not talking about if somebody's having a cardiac MI. Obviously, I want that person to be taken care of right now. Um, you know, speaking of MI or heart attack, the number one killer of Americans is cardiovascular disease from um, heart attacks and strokes. And most of them are preventable. Lifestyle is the key. And finding healthy lifestyle habits is much easier from the start than it is changing later. But that's possible. I mean, we have many examples um, in our lives of people who have done that. And certainly, um, you know, the idea that you know, we are who we hang around for one, the proximity principle um, can change a lot in people's lives. For example, you know, if you hang around people that are very active, it's going to help you stay active. So, you know, starting good habits early in life is probably the biggest thing um, that I would like to promote, but you know, it's never too late while we're here. Yeah, that's true. And one of the biggest reasons for cardiovascular disease is obesity, actually. And obesity is related disease is what really causes most cardiovascular um, 
problems like heart attack and stroke. And a lot of that is caused by diabetes. Diabetes causes a lot of inflammation, which can lead to those heart attacks and strokes. So, and that is largely preventable. It is a lifestyle related, um, diet related, um, you know, lack of movement related issue. So very large, largely preventable. A lot of most times, and Jan and I are two pharmacists talking like this when it comes to diabetes, which is a big cause of cardiovascular disease. We do not believe in treating people with medications long term for type 2 diabetes. It is a lifestyle created um, problem typically, and we need to um, address it that way. So it looks like we do have a comment from a viewer. Here's a comment from LinkedIn that came in um, last week, and it is, what is, and John, I'll let you answer this. What is the biggest mental hurdle in convincing people to eat a proper diet? What would you say? People have said this to Sean and I over and over again. It's it's too expensive to eat healthy. And first of all, the first comment that I want to make, and I have said this before, is that you either invest in your health now or you will later. And how you invest is going to be determined as to how you take care of yourself today. So, yes, I do understand that produce is more expensive. However, junk food is expensive too, and you don't fill yourself with that. So the biggest, I think the biggest myth is that eating healthy and making healthy choices are too expensive. There's alternatives. I know um, maybe not so much right now in the wintertime here in Moses Lake, but in the summertime, we have a great farmer's market. It's affordable. I know my kids have went to it. I've went to it. There's produce that is all around us. Now, if you don't have that, perhaps it is the store, but you know, to, to not invest in your health is going to cost you later much more than you realize because health-related conditions down the road are not cheap. So I, I, I'm, that's my biggest thing that I think that people will say. A doctor on our podcast, he uh, coined it this way. He said, pay the farmer now or pay the doctor later. And there's a lot of truth to that. Um, I also wrote a book about it, and the book is called Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It. And it's a six-step solution. It includes a six-step solution on how to fix um, healthcare. And one of them is, is to empower consumers to take charge of their own health. And that's the number one fix is to empower consumers. And the best health insurance we have is not some you know, magic insurance policy that we can buy. Um, it's how we take care of ourselves, how we eat, how we sleep, how we exercise. The, that's the best insurance that we have. Looks like we have a couple other questions from a Facebook viewer regarding cost. When you don't buy the other junk, it's all it all kinds of balance out. It's totally true. First of all, junk food is expensive. Um, I here's a, here's an example. So. Um, let's just talk about um, boxed cereal. Let's talk about Lucky Charms. Let's pick on Lucky Charms. How many bowls of Lucky Charms could you eat? I know I could eat four bowls of Lucky Charms, no problem. You're gonna, you're talking about 250 calories per bowl, and you know, for a box of Lucky Charms, you're probably talking about four, five, six dollars yeah. for. So you can eat a whole box pretty much and not be filled up. Lots of calories. And how many apples can you eat? What's an apple cost? A dollar? Maybe? And how many can you eat? I, I couldn't eat more than one. Um, let's talk about eggs. Eggs. You buy eggs by the six dozen. 
Um, they're like 10 cents a piece. I dare you to eat, you know, more than six eggs. That's 60 cents. And six eggs, I couldn't eat six eggs. It is the, the misnomer that's expensive to eat healthy. Not only should you do it now um, or you'll pay later, but it, it's not expensive to eat healthy. It is inexpensive to eat healthy. Um, there's many, many different examples of that. It looks like we have another question on Facebook from Mr. Lee Pence. What tips do you have concerning a compressed, effective exercise routine? Oh, honestly, I think probably one of the best things that you can do. First of all, let's just remember this, especially when it, when it comes to exercise, especially if you start out doing nothing. If you are doing nothing now, anything is better than nothing. So here's what's most important. Be consistent with something. You don't need a lot of expensive equipment. You don't have to have expensive equipment. Um, Jan and I did a workout this morning with very, very little equipment. We did some strength routines. You can do a lot of body weight routine. But um, if I was going to pick some simple exercises, I would pick some a little bit of cardio. I know if you watch our show, there's some people that just don't think the cardio, they think cardio is overrated. I think you pick your cardio appropriately. I think rowing is very, very effective. And um, I know, Mr. Pence, that you do have a row machine. Um, I would start out with doing like 15 to 20 minutes of rowing every day and then add in some um, some kind of strength routine. Doesn't even have to have weights. If you have weights, great. I'm a big kettlebell fan. Grab a 30 grab a 30-pound kettlebell. You can do a lot with a 30-pound kettlebell. Maybe have a lighter one too for some other exercises. But um, you know, simple stuff. And you only need a half hour a day. So 15 minutes on the row machine and then 15 minutes of strength. Do body weight squats. Do push-ups. Um, you know, um, if you have a 30-pound kettlebell, do um, upright rows with that kettlebell. Do deadlifts with that kettlebell. Anything you can just to move. And remember, here's what's important. It's not, it's not what you do that's important. It's just that you do something. That's what's important. So my suggestion is um, 30 minutes a day, four to five times a week, is, and you will get great benefits. Now, if you want to keep progressing, you have to progress those workouts with either more cardio and or more weight. Um, but in the meantime, four to five days a week, 30 minutes a day, simple exercises like that. Janet, do you want to um, comment on that? Well, I do because, you know, the starting point is just moving. And a lot of times people think you have to have a lot of equipment. And like Sean said, you don't. Um, you can just use your own body for resistance. There's so many things that you can do out there just YouTube them and, and find, you know, that. But consistency isn't just really important just for our body. It's also for our mind because if you are active and you keep doing exercises, it, it takes inflammation away from your body. It really does. And it also heals our brain. Our brain is happier. We have all kinds of neurotransmitters that are being released. When we exercise, it improves depression. There's it improves anxiety. So just doing something puts our mind in a different place that's healthy. And usually, even if we feel like we're a little bit more hungry, I think we make better choices when our mind is um, clear. So if, if you're doing it for anything, just do it to clear your brain and clear out everything that happened during the day or before you start the day. So you have something that helps you make better choices throughout the day as well. That's right. And um, back to Mr. Pence's question, 
Um, check out Kettlebell Workout by Amy. YouTube that. Oh, yeah. She has a 10-minute workout and a 30-minute workout. The 30-minute is a it's a smoker. So I would definitely start out with a 10-minute and start out with rowing for 15 minutes before that workout, and you will have a great 25-minute workout, um, and you'll you'll – you'll basically have all body parts. Um, yeah, she does a good job with using different parts. Yeah. Sure. Kettlebell workout by Amy. Let's talk a little bit about sleep. Janet, talk about a little bit about sleep. Well, I, I think one of the biggest um, things that people don't realize is you'll die from lack of sleep before you'll die from lack of food. So that is something that is really extremely important. If you are suffering from lack of sleep, you need to address it. And I don't mean by taking sleeping pills. Occasionally that might be um, true, but mostly there's things that we're doing in our lifestyle that can be uh, addressed. So let's give some examples. Well, here's one of the examples, speaking of exercise. So don't exercise too late at night. Um, you know, and I, I think as we age, I can speak from um, personal experience here. I used to, Jan and I, when we used to go to the gym, when we were in our 20s. We go to the gym at, was it 9 o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night? I think it was 10 o'clock or nine something. Or 10, anyway, 10, it was yeah. late and we wouldn't get home till late and, and it didn't really seem to affect us as much. Well, I will tell you now, we try to have all of our exercise done no later than eight. I try to have it done by seven o'clock um, at night. And I think it's even better to even exercise in the morning. Um, there's a couple reasons why. Um, not only because you'll sleep better, but you'll also burn those excess calories during the day, get your metabolism up um, and just get you up ready for the day. And you're not as behind and stressed out um, about the day because you are up earlier exercising. You'll feel a lot better. Exercise is the best antidepressant ever ever invented. There is no better medication. And coming from a pharmacist, that is a very, very powerful statement. Um, caffeine can affect everybody differently. You want to be careful about drinking caffeine too late at night. Um, routine, get into a routine of sleep. And even on weekends, you know, you can cheat a little bit on weekends, but not that much. Try to stay, try to go to bed and get up at the same time every day. Um, another thing is, this is one that is a very common that some people don't realize but um, alcohol. So alcohol is a CNS depressant. Alcohol will make you tired. Yes, that is true. It um, is a CNS depressant, but alcohol will wear off after about four hours, and then you'll have um, rebound insomnia. You will have a hard time sleeping. Um, so those of you that use alcohol to try to help you get to sleep, it doesn't help you sleep in the long run all night long. So we live in a technology generation where, you know, we're all so tied to our phones, our computers and TVs and things like that. So um, Sean and I made from the very start a pact that no TV, of course, if you're in a hotel, it's different, but um, no TV in our bedroom. So when we go to bed, it's, 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 that's for sleep, right? Um, we do sometimes read, but reading I would prefer not on your phone because it's the blue light that seems to trigger um, the, the problem with sleeping. And, you know, sometimes I think um, it, it, it's just getting that environment that's comfortable. Sean needs a room a little bit cooler than I do. I just add an extra blanket, but that's okay because you figure out what works for you. So sleep hygiene, as far as being... Um, consistent as to when you go to bed and how you go to bed makes a big difference, I think, in keeping that habit 
um, healthy and, and good. And obviously everybody has times where, you know, stress and anxiety can set in, but doing things to help with that and being consistent will um, improve the outcome on that. Yeah. And let's not forget about light in general. Um, oh, yeah. Try to have a room as dark as possible. And that includes, you know, bright alarm clocks. I know I'm when I travel in some hotels, their alarm clocks are just way too bright. So, um, you know, cover the alarm clock up, um, unplug the alarm clock, do whatever you have to do. But that extra light can make a big difference. Blinds, make sure that you can get the windows as dark as possible. Um, you know, those, those are those are big tips when it comes to sleeping. And like Janet said, sleeping is, is I think, underrated. I think some people like to brag about you know, how little sleep they get. But the reality of it is sleep is more important than what, than what we eat or, or even our exercise. So let's, let's not forget that. We have another question since Steph, are there any apps you recommend for measuring exercise and or weight loss programs? Ah, another question from Mr. Pence. That is a great question. Um, I use, and I recommend it, use my fitness pal. So my fitness pal, I use the free version. Um, I don't think the paid version does me any good. It might do some people um, good, but I don't even know what the paid version offers that the free version doesn't. But my fitness pal, um, when you go up, when you go through the setup routine, you know, be honest with the way you answer the questions. So, if you are, if you don't get a lot of exercise and you are sedentary. Be honest about that. If you don't exercise seven or eight hours a week, don't say that you do because it will set up your baseline calories too high. Um, and it's a it's a good start. Um, you can put all your exercise in there. Um, they have pre-programmed stuff from whether it be rowing, whether it be strength training, whether it be cycling. Now, let's remember this. When we are um, putting in calories of whether it be exercise or putting in calories about um, food, it is just an estimate, especially um, when, I mean, the food is a little bit more accurate, especially if it's packaged food. Uh, we can talk about that too. I, I, I suggest staying away from that if possible. But, um, you know, the reality of it is it's still an estimate about how many, many calories we burn and how what our baseline calories are, unless you get it measured. Um, you don't know exactly. And even that, even if you get it measured once and, and you know what your baseline calories are, and you know, let's say they're 50 calories an hour you burn just by being alive, then um, – but that doesn't mean from day to day that can't change, and we don't live in a bubble. So um, I like fitness – I like my fitness pal. Here's one of the reasons why. I like any app that measures your calories because it keeps me accountable. So – when I splurge and I eat horribly one time, I think I shared this on one of my um, TikTok videos a few weeks ago. I was at a doctor's office and they wanted me to buy him lunch or they wanted me to buy him breakfast, donuts and coffee. And I swore to myself I was not going to eat a donut. And I almost got out of there without eating a donut. But guess what happened when I ate one donut? Yeah, I ate three donuts. So the problem with that was then, you know, I put it in my, my fitness pal and I'm like, holy smokes, there's 1200 calories for the day in three donuts, you know? So then I have to start being better about it that day and the next day and I have to pay for that. So another thing that it really makes you accountable on is alcohol. So, or drinking any kind of calories. 
and you know you put a you know a a um, beer in there and a beer is 200 calories and that's one beer so if you're trying to lose weight and being in deficit and you have two beers a night that's 400 calories most people that's one third of their calories for the day you know so don't drink your calories and i will say this when you eat real food it's it's pretty easy to stay on track with, you know, a good, healthy macro nutrient ratio um, when you eat real food. It's just because that's what real food is. A little bit about keto, and I am definitely not a keto expert by any means. In fact, um, I've debated about keto many times, and I am not, I don't typically eat keto. Um, and typically, endurance athletes really can't survive on keto very easily. Um, not to say that it can't be done, but that's a question for another another podcast. But um, you know, when it comes to keto, here's here's one thing that I will tell patients. Um, any, I'll first say this with the diet: you need to find out what works for you. You know, that's and it, what works for you long term. So if you're truly go keto and you are in ketosis and you're monitoring your ketones, that doesn't work for everybody long term. Um, so if you cannot keep that up long term, then you need to do a different way of eating for sure. So um, you got to find out what works for you. Um, one of the tips that I will say about keto is that, you know, there's a lot of products that are being sold as either keto friendly or a lot of companies that will sell um, keto snacks, keto this, keto that, and they really want you to buy all their products and eat keto with their products two or three times a day, whether it be a, a keto bar, a keto drink, whatever that be. Um, and that's one thing I don't like about keto. Now, I'm not saying you can't do it with real food, but that's what I'm stressing is that if you do do any kind of diet, I think you need to do it with real food, um, whether it be keto, whether it be paleo, do it with real food. And when you think about whether it be protein supplements or whether it be a protein bar or whether it be, you know, a smoothie with with extra protein or whatever, that's that that is to supplement a good diet already. So I honestly believe that the best diet you can have is real food, and you know, necessarily being if you eat real food, your macros will just come into play naturally in a in a good way. Let's compare. Let let's let's say this. So, when a lion, let's just talk about you know in the wild, when a lion is about ready to eat a gazelle, does a lion say, "Hmm, I wonder how many carbs that gazelle has"? No, that's ridiculous, right? Um, I hope you're laughing. Um, does he say how much protein does that gazelle have? Does he say how much? Does he ask how much fat? No, it's real food that he has to chase to get, and he knows it's going to be nutritious. So I think as humans, we need to look at food as the same way. So the closer that we can get it to nature, the better. So that means the less packaged, the better. Shop the outside perimeters of the aisles. Now, I know you keto people are going to say, well, bread's on the outside aisle. Yes, that is true. And my wife were just discussing about bread. And I'm not saying bread is good or bad for anybody necessarily. I, you know, but too much of it, moderation, yes. But let's think about this. We can read Hundreds of generations have been eating bread. You can read about it in the Bible. There are many different references to bread in the Bible. When people were eating bread in biblical times, you know, two, three, four, five thousand years ago, were they overweight? 
Uh, no, probably not. Now, you might be able to argue, you might argue that the bread was GMO or the grain was this, that, or the other. Sure, that, that might be the case. But I think one of the big problems is just overeating. Moderation is important. And eat real food. Um, I got to say that I think if we all baked our bread like they did in biblical times, I don't think we probably have a problem with people eating too much bread because it's too much work to make it. Um, you know, that's one of the problems, too, is that we when we have processed foods, you eat some and it's like, oh, well, there's more in the freezer. I'll just warm it up in the microwave and it takes you five minutes. Um, you know, let's talk about French fries. Are French fries bad for us? I don't know. We've been eating potatoes for many years, right? I'll tell you what. This is what I dare you to do. I dare you to make your own French fries and then I dare you to eat too many of them. Because I guarantee you, after those french fries are gone, you're not going to make more. You're not going to make more. But if they had them, if you had them in the freezer or you had them at a restaurant and they were unlimited and they keep coming back, you bet you you're going to keep eating more. So that's one of the problems. Prepare your food. Make it as whole as possible and prepare your own food. And that will probably uh, mean that you probably won't overeat in general. So any, are there any other questions that I see? Okay, so keep your questions coming on this podcast. It's been a great podcast. I'm sorry that uh, Ken couldn't make it today, but we will definitely reschedule him. And what it'll really do is it'll really give us an opportunity to, um, you know, talk more in depth about this subject. So keep those questions coming and we will have them for Ken. And we appreciate you um, tuning in. And I should have prepared this earlier, but let's see who we have Thursday. I think it's Wednesday on our podcast. We actually have a, a podcast Wednesday. And let's see who we have Wednesday. That's right. We have Dr. Ellie on our podcast. And I will say that Dr. Ellie, it was, he has a similar story to um, Dr. Barry and myself, where he is, is a physician doctor and he changed his lifestyle and it, it actually changed um his life, his patient's lifestyle. So I will tell you, Dr. Ellie, I can't wait to interview him. It's going to be eight to nine Pacific standard time, um, Wednesday, um, tune in. And one of the things that he found, and I, I, and you know, I, I can, Janet and I can relate to this is that, you know, as he is more in gets, once he more realizes how important lifestyle nutrition are, um, to overall health, it, he really gets disenfranchised with our traditional medical system, and I do too. Um, you know, we have a, we don't have a healthcare system. I mean, we have a sick care system, and if you have diabetes, give you medication. I mean, don't don't fix the diabetes. You know, um, if you have high blood pressure, give you medication. Don't fix high blood pressure. Um, you know, where that's a sick care system. We aren't fixing problems. We're treating symptoms, and in the long run. I mean, I don't think, you know, I know that drug companies have studies to show that they, you know, can increase the, um, you know, decrease the deaths from cardiovascular disease, from hypertension medications and, and high cholesterol medications. But I just, I can doubt some of those studies because um, when you look at in general, the way America is headed, um, I saw a study last week from Dr. Sean Baker, who is, he's popular with the carnivore diet. Go to the go to www.meetrx.com. We also interviewed him on our podcast uh, a couple years ago, actually last year, um, early last year. And you know, he just posted on his Instagram, um, eighty-five percent of American males are overweight now. And you know, and my brother and I were talking about it. You know what? 
that's not sustainable. We, we, we can't, we can't continue to be overweight like that. I mean, we just can't, um, it is not sustainable health wise. It is not sustainable, um, um, financially, because it's just way too expensive. Um, there's so many other unhidden costs rather than just healthcare, direct healthcare costs due to um, obesity. So um, as always, thank you for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you for listening. 